ladies and gentlemen. Today is October uh, 18th. That's right. There we go. October 18th. And welcome to episode 221 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. Hope everybody is doing well today. I am your co-host and guest, well, not co-host, but guest host once again by the grace of Gerald, or Dr. Gerald Osher, allowing me to take the helm here of, uh, <clears throat> of Eric, sorry, Eric Taylor. And over the next 45 minutes, I will be delivering today's top cybersecurity news. Side note, triggers of political topics may come up today. I'm going to do my best. I do my best not to get political on these things, unless it's one of my dumpster fire type of shows. So we will do our best not to get political. There's a couple articles there that could easily get that way. So um, we'll do our best on that one. But with that said, um, we are doing some Beastie Boys sabotage this morning as we go through the intro. And again, over the next 45 minutes, I will be delivering argumentatively the top cybersecurity news of the day, providing technical expert analysis of each and every one of these stories. What it means to you as a practitioner or if you're looking to get into the street, this is the cutting edge stuff that you can go in there and crush your job, that interview or talking to your peers about today's news. So that way you are up to date and you're not feeling left behind, right? Like, well, what about that certain topic? I don't know anything about that topic, but because you tuned into here today, you will know about said topic. Shout out and thanks to this stream sponsor, Barricade Cyber Solutions. That is us, I'm the CEO. You guys and girls know who we are. We are the DFI firm when things hit the fan. Check us out, barricadecyber.com. We'll have a conversation with you. Even if you have a question, hey, is this look suspicious to you? You know, many people have. We'll be happy to talk to you about that stuff. Also, thanks to the show's co-sponsor, Recon Infosec. If your organization is large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns or maybe not quite large enough to build a full-fledged security operations capability from the ground up, a.k.a. building it out yourself, check out the managed detection and response offering from Econ Re Recon InfoSec. Their offering provides the people, the processes, and the technology to help deliver the full spectrum of security operations to any organization of any size. Again, like I said last week, if you're coming up on those renewals of your EDR, MDR, MTR, whatever flavor that they're using this week, you know, definitely check out you know, in, uh, Recon InfoSec. They may be able to help replace or advance your secu uh, current security stack. Right. Um, but here you go. I also want to remind you, if you're holding professional certifications that require CV, like here for SANS and other things, right? Um, each episode of the Daily Cyber, Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So 2.5 every week and roughly 10 a month. Like Gerald says, these things do stack up, you know, putting in there. I've seen the team live. I'm loving it. I'm loving that team live has become a thing. When Team Replay was such a thing, right? So I'm loving it, loving it, loving it, and loving you guys being here. I really do appreciate it. If you are a Team Replay, please, or thanks for catching this stream. Please post out, you know, that you're here. We'd love to be able to see you uh, in the, the post notes and catching up in the future as well. So as we do with it, all things, we, we will kind of sit here and say what's up to the chat. 
you know, I've already definitely had my half a pot to a pot of coffee, so now it's onto the water. So I'm going to be sipping some of the water, getting hydrated, listening to some 90s alternative music while we get ready to enter into today's uh, today's uh, information. Uh, Carrie, you've hit the like button a million, billion, zillion times. But see, Carrie, that's that's the problem with LinkedIn. It just goes on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off. You know, there's an adult joke in there somewhere that we'll refrain from, right? But what's going on? I really do appreciate everybody's uh, loving me being in here, helping filling in the reins. Uh, Leonardo, if I was still drinking coffee right now, I'd probably be willing to pot number two. So definitely trying to keep down the, the coffee intake a little bit, right? James Lund. Oh, so side note, side note. James Lund, my good buddy, James Lund. Hopefully you don't mind me saying that. We kind of know each other a little bit. But um, there is a forensic examiner conference coming up. Shameless plug, we are a sponsor of it. Um, but message me. Look out for Jim Lund, look him up on LinkedIn. Jim, leave your leave the link for the forensic site, uh, examiners conference coming up today, uh, or coming up here in a couple of weeks. So that if you are looking to get into forensic um, forensics examinations, or you're um, you're in that space, this is definitely the conference co that's coming up. Reach out to me; I can give you a link. Um, James Lund could definitely give you a link as well. I'm. I am really, really pumped for that conference coming up and looking forward to it. Desmond, are you still in Las Vegas? Michael Vito, yes. Coffee helps you get through that night shift. Ugh. Plenty of 24-hour, 36-hour, 48-hour days in my history. Tell you what. That caffeine definitely gets you there. Thankfully, I'm not drinking all that Mountain Dew and all that other stuff anymore. I've cut a lot of that stuff out about a year ago. <laughs> Kylie Joseph does not need two pots of Eric today. Yes, that's when things get really interesting. I used to drink uh, anywhere between two and three pots of coffee every day. And then I'd be able to pass out within 30 seconds of hitting, hitting the bed. Joel, it's not a competition on coffee drinking, sir. I tell you what, the, the years of coffee drinking definitely helped elevate my blood pressure to dangerous levels on constant. Between that and smoking, um, my blood pressure pretty much stayed at cardiac arrest levels. So... Level up goodness, yes, I used to be able to do that as well. I, I tell you what, it's definitely not. I mean, it's kind of funny to look back and be like, ah, oh, that was funny times. But you got to think about it. You know, when you are drinking that much coffee, you can still fall asleep and you're needing that coffee to ma just maintain day to day, right? It's, mm, you know, it's, it's, it definitely makes me cringe now, right? So. Jack's got a good point. I only drink coffee in the office. But when your office is at home, hmm. But anyway, 
Anyway, we've been jamming out to a little bit of nice music. Hopefully that's been, um, you know, y'all been getting pumped up. Y'all ready for the day. Hopefully y'all have had y'all's morning walk. Maybe you walk the puppies and stuff like that. With that said, we are going to flip the script. I am going to change this because thanks for Gerald for, you know, a long time ago, Gerald helped me out and put this little banner together. Um, but let me change it back to the proper one. There we go. And let me get this in here. Let me turn off this music. Hey, what is going There we go. There we go. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get started with this. Hope everybody is doing well. Let me switch back over to here. Turn up my volume. There's a day from the CISO series. It kicks off at... Of course. I changed me I changed sources and it just goes to trash now what, what's the infamous saying it's not a daily cyber threat briefing without an audio issue ladies and gentlemen come on come on ipad off at 1 p.m eastern 10 a.m pacific with super cyber friday what? where we'll be what in the same trash has been employing custom sorry ladies and gentlemen let me just refresh this page. My apologies, ladies and gentlemen. This thing has gone full, full re-re on me here. Guess let me just try changing the speaker. Maybe that'll help it. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Friday, October 14th, 2022. Two. Polonium APT targets Israel with a new custom backdoor dubbed Papa Creep. The APT group has been employing custom backdoors in attacks aimed at Israeli entities since at least September 2021, focusing only on Israeli targets. What in What in the world is going on here? All right, let's start this up. Sorry. Apparently, you had the wrong audio feed. Oh, my gosh. So, we had speaker. I had the wrong MP3. Oh, it's a morning. Let's start this off. From right. the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. Ransomware halts German newspaper circulation. Over the weekend, the German newspaper Heilbronn Stime suffered a ransomware attack, knocking phone and email communication out for days and causing it to cancel its print edition on October 14th. It published electronically and in a six-page emergency print edition the next day. It will continue running shorter print editions, but said it cannot currently foresee when daily papers would return. During the attack, the paper took down the paywall on its site. The attack impacted the entire media group that owns the paper, also affecting circulation at three other publications. No word on a specific ransom demand or what group orchestrated the attack. As with all this stuff, right? You know, it's nobody's unless it's on a name and shame site. Nobody's going to really be like, oh, it was, you know, Lockbit 3.0 or whatever the case is. Right. But it's the fact that the paper is still putting out publications in a printed format in 2022 when so much stuff is digital is still kind of crazy to me. Um, so um, I hate – naturally, I hate to see any business that is impacted that greatly by a ransomware attack. Um, 
you know, does sound like while they did have email and uh, other communications that were completely online for a little bit, they were still able to do sort of publication, even if it was um, in a digital format. So I would have to suspect that they at least had some sort of um, incident response plan. They had some fail safes in place. If A happened, then B and C took place type of scenario. You know, take this thing as a note. If, if you don't have these type of things, you know, it's uh, time to start having those type of conversations with a C-suite inside your organization. The One of the analogies that I would always do is like if I backed up a U-Haul truck and threw all of your stuff in there or threw a department stuff in there and under padlock and armed guard, what would you do next short of shoot us? But you, you get the point, right? So that could be power outages. That could be ransomware. That could be whatever. Um, I have seen improper electrical systems put into um, buildings that completely fried an entire wing because the they um, somehow or another they had uh, some handyman in there or something and um, which I've done a lot of electrical work in my time, but they've crossed a two phase to a single phase and somehow or another went three months without being detected and they plugged something up and blew out half the freaking the the wing of everything it was really crazy um normally the breakers you know stop that but you know man-made crap will will break right so um definitely have your ir you know it's not just about ransomware it's about any sort of incident you know it's an incident response plan what type of incident you fill in the blank and what is your procedure to move on from that All right so carrying on Meta disputes Indian content moderation report. Earlier this month, the Indian publication The Wire reported that Meta gave an operative of the governing BJP party the ability to remove content from its platform. The Wire claimed its reporting came from internal documents, later sharing a picture of alleged emails and screenshots showing the system in effect. Meta called the story fake and the documents fabricated. In a follow-up blog post, Meta said that the system shown in The Wire's report wasn't an internal Instagram system. Rather, it was a meta workplace account set up with Instagram's brand insignia and name set up as a free trial after the initial wire report published. Meta said it identified and locked the account. Well, you know, this is going to be a bunch of he said, she said. Uh, you know, we've seen reports where Google, in order to serve up content in Russia and Korea and other parts of the globe, um, and I believe Facebook as well, but I definitely know Google has. They've, they've allowed censorship um, of their platform to be in there. You know, is it too far to think that Meta is doing the same thing to make sure they reach their global attention span of potential people on their platform? I think not, but whatever. I mean... It would be interesting. I have to go back and read it. Yeah, I don't think this was anything about, you know, censoring, you know, individual people trying to exchange free ideas or or anything like that, right? So, I just want to set lawmakers at uh, closer range. Mm. Yeah, so companies often complain that journalists are getting 
nuances wrong, usually about the usually air and dismay of off the record. So yeah, maybe some journalistic issues going on over there in India. Definitely worth a deeper read, you know, throughout the day and see if that's, you know, if that's the case or not. Um, you know, if it's not getting the right information to the citizens um, of India, that may be definitely a problem because you definitely don't want censorship of information, right? Um, so anyway, that that comment right there can drive down a whole list of political stuff. So we'll stop and move on to the next topic. Kakao Talk called a national communication network in Korea. A fire at a South Korean data center over the weekend caused a disruption for more than 53 million users worldwide. The fire took down Kakao Talk, South Korea's top messaging app. While key for messaging, the app also handles online payments, ride hailing, gaming, and login verifications. It's a so-called super app. As of November 1st, 2021, reportedly more than 90% of the country's 51.74 million people use the app. South Korean President Yoon suk Yeol described the impact of Kakao's outage as no different from the National Communications Network. Yoon's deputy spokesperson said the presidential office will launch a national task force to discuss the messenger services outage. This will look at if Kakao Talk uses its market presence to manipulate markets. If so, Yoon called for systemic measures from a nationwide level for the interest of the people. For the people. And it's an independent company, apparently. Uh, Jiminy Christmas. So, okay. It's interesting how I just made the comment the other day about having an IR plan and was talking about the electrical issue. And these guys had a fire. It may have been an electrical issue. You know, those electrical fires are nasty, nasty businesses. So you know, that's pure speculation on my part if it was electrical fire or not, but definitely a fire that was in the data center. And it is really interesting that, you know, a lot of people turn a blind eye to companies who are, you know, growing and growing and growing to such large numbers that they only take a look at them when a calamity happens, right? Um, definitely on... You know, I don't know about this application by any means just because it's outside of my purview, you know, from my day-to-day -day operations. Um, and it's never come up on a DFIR case or anything like that. Um, and I don't think it's ever come up on any of our threat feeds either. So um, it's it's interesting. It, it really is. You know, I'm curious if oh, – excuse me – if – you know, this app is under some oversight of Korea or if it's kind of, you know, like Congress going and questioning Facebook and Meta or Facebook Meta or Google or whatever. If you've got congressional oversight type of thing, it'll be interesting to watch this thing one play out over the next couple of days. So there's definitely another one to keep on your radar, see how it progresses, if anything else ever comes out of it. Um you know, if the, with the sheer number of people that definitely are using this application, um, it would. I could imagine with it handling payment as a payment gateway and things of that nature, it could definitely um, cause some some issues. You know, potentially buying goods and selling goods and things of that nature, and you know, just living day to day life just outside of a you know pure messaging app. Um, so. You know, if it was just a messaging app, then, you know, nothing to see here. But the fact that they did mention payment gateways and things of that nature that are being handled by this application, it's, it's kind of interesting. Mexico investigating spyware purchase. 
The Office of Mexico's Attorney General announced an investigation of the purchase of NSO Group's Pegasus spyware by the previous administration. The prior Attorney General's office reportedly acquired the spyware for 457 million pesos, about 23 million U.S. dollars. One probe will look at if this purchase followed legal requirements. A second probe will look into reported evidence that NSO illegally sold Pegasus spyware, although the office released no further specifics about that investigation. After a watchdog discovered Pegasus installed on the phones of three journalists, Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador denied his administration used the software. And All right, before we get into the topic, that's a one really long name. That's a mouthful of a name. Anyway, um, you know, I, I'm, pretty, I'm not trying to insult anybody's intelligence by this. So asterisks, if you don't know, listen to the next 30 seconds. If you do, skip past. But Pegasus is a software by the NSO group out of Israel. They are primarily known to put spyware on mobile devices, uh, your cell phone, your tablets, things of that nature, through a zero-touch deployment. You may remember a couple of years ago where you know you could be able to open up GPS and track GPS on iPhones and Androids and stuff like that through just sending a text message type of thing. These are really you know those zero days that Pegasus actually let researches and leverages for that so if you want to know where your favorite senator or unfavorite senator if you will was going about and doing what they were doing you could potentially buy pegasus if you were of that type of um, caliber to warrant the purchase of the pegasus software um, the nso group who that sells owns and sells the pegasus software claims it's only doing it to legitimate companies government entities things of that nature which begs a question you know i've always i've never really cared for government overreach and things of that nature i kind of talked about that again not to get too political um but you know the simple fact that you can buy a software that could be sold to a government entity what you know insert favorite or unfavorite government name here and through a zero touch deployment be able to see what all your text messages and all this stuff. That's why, you know, applications like Signal and some of the other secure peer-to-peer encrypted communication work. So that way, if anything ever does happen, hopefully those type of applications will work. You know, just out, you know, even outside of your your telephony uh, service providers' uh, grasp of just watching what you do from a day to day. Um, plus your phone manufacturer. I mean, Google and Apple both are massively known for, you know, exfiltrating gobs and gobs of information about, you know, oh, I held my phone here. Now there, now there, now there, now there, you know, you know, all those GPS stuff is getting sent off as a telemetry. You know, I walked, you know, three steps to walk the dog. Anyway, I'll be quiet now. I'll keep rambling forever. And now thanks to this week's episode sponsor, SafeBase. Ah, the dreaded security review. It's important, but it can be a real pain. Endless emails, waiting for NDAs, dozens of PDFs, and those unwieldy questionnaires. I'm tired just reading that list. Luckily, there's a simple way to streamline the security review process. SafeBase. Their Smart Trust Center allows you to send one link to customers or prospects so they can easily get access to the security and compliance information they need. Learn more at safeface.com. I will have to check that out 
the safe base. You know, normally I kind of tune. Uh, me personally, not saying everybody should, but me personally, I kind of normally tune these things out. But I'm definitely going to check out safe base. Um, that's definitely my wheelhouse, so I'll definitely be looking at that. So anyway, carrying on. Tornado cash blocked by most Ethereum blocks. Last week, the U.S. Treasury Department's Office of Foreign Asset Control issued compliance recommendations for transactions on the Ethereum blockchain to screen out transactions associated with the Tornado Cash cryptocurrency mixer. Coindesk reported that within 24 hours of issuing those recommendations, 51% of Ethereum blocks came into compliance. While it remains possible for Tornado Crash transactions to go through, it becomes more difficult as more validators and relays come into compliance. Many of the relays following the OFAC guidance came from Flashbots, an Ethereum-based research and development team. All right. So here's another one. If you know about cryptocurrency, skip forward another 30 seconds, right? Um, but you know, this is kind of what especially I deal with a, a good amount. So um, I think we talked about this. I know Jerry, there, uh, Dr. Gerald Ozier has definitely talked about this, but this is what's what we call a tumbler. So you let's say you and 10 of your closest friends or you know 10 another uh, 10 other people we'll just say are looking to you know send some money you know wherever you would send from your wallet to this tumbler it will gather all these other transactions that are coming in for that tumbler and it tumbles it up, you know, mixes it up, gobbles it up, blah, 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 and then spits it out. So that way, client A could not be tied to recipient W. You know, that tumbler mixes everything up. And this is really just, you know, trying to make sure that those things are more direct line, a one-to-one -one re uh, relation, you know, so... Um, you know, the fact, you know, Office of Foreign Assets and Control, we have to deal with those guys and gals all the time, especially when we're working DFIR cases and a client wants to make a ransomware payment. We always got to make sure that they're not on the OFAC uh, compliancy list, uh, a.k.a. the FBI's, you know, most wanted, if you will. It's typically what I say, but, um, yeah, they just don't want tumblers. They want to be able to track this stuff throughout the blockchain. Um, yeah. Love it or hate it, it's what they're doing. Um, so they they've they flex their muscles, and the cryptocurrency blockchain is adhering to it. You know, which the argument could be made, you know, for a decentralized platform that's not supposed to be dependent or reliant on any one entity is really bending a knee to the U.S. government's OFACT. Take what you will. Rust rescues Linux from code memory problems. When Linus Torvalds announced support for the Rust programming language in the Linux kernel, he said it ending Linux code memory problems as a major factor. As if to prove this, five recently disclosed Wi-Fi security holes all came from poorly written C code, resulting in memory problems. These included a buffer overflow flaw capable of crashing a system or leaking kernel information triggered by beacon frames on any access point. All flaws received patches, which were sent out with the latest stable kernel builds on October 13th. Oh, that's cool. I mean, 
you always want to make sure your Linux kernel is, you know, just like your OS or your iOS builds, you want those as secure as possible. You know, I did start to wonder a couple months ago, you know, when Rust and Golang was actually going to become part of the core infrastructure of the Linux OS builds. Um, and it looks like we're starting to see that. You know, Rust and Golang is definitely a more, I guess, robust kernel um, or compiler, if you will, that could be able to operate much faster. So it may make the operating system as a whole much faster, right? So um, anyway, it, it's cool to see you know, some of the, the newer compilers and stuff like that get introdu introduced into the kernel to actually hopefully make things more more better <laughs> make it more um more productivity or more productive and a better experience and more secure for the end user right so good to see that venus ransomware targets remote desktop this ransomware family only oh god ransomware deployment protocol here we go family only recently started appearing on the scene with operations first noticed in mid-august 2022 According to the security analysts going by Linux CT and reports from victims, Venus gains access to corporate networks through Windows Remote Desktop Protocol. Once on the network, Venus will attempt to terminate processes associated with database servers and office, delete logs, and disable data execution prevention. <laughs> this will also add a .venus extension to encrypted files and upload a ransom note to the temp folder. The group appears active with new submissions uploaded to ID Ransomware daily. Victims note Venus targeted RDP even running on non-standard TCP ports. As long as RD, uh, <laughs> RDP is nothing more than ransomware deployment protocol. RDP is nothing more than ransomware deployment protocol. As long as ransomware has been around, their first things they were attacking was RDP. Oh, my. Mm. All right. So here's another thing for you, ladies and gentlemen. If you have an EDR, you have a Splunk, you have whatever, um, Elk Stack, whatever that you may be using, here's what you need to do literally right now, right? Literally what you need to do right now. You need to start looking at, is there the execution of task kill being done? And monitor that. Anytime task kill is being run inside of your organization, it's a bad sign. Anytime or, you know, something simple as IP config, who am I, host name, these are not things that your common user is going to be using. Sometimes it will be done, you know, task kill will be executed by programs being upgraded. Adobe Cloud is very, very known for this, you know, because they want to kill all the instances before they do it. You know, it's a legitimate thing, but you're not going to hunt that, be able to find that threat actor. If you're not watching for at least task kill, who am I, IP fig, host name. Those are the four biggest things you need to start looking for and constantly reporting on. If there's a way to get yourself an hourly log of that email to you, every time there's one, I literally have it for all of our clients. I literally call it to, um, known TTTP or known TTP actions comes every hour and I review it, you know, and I'm talking with our clients like, look, you know, did you really run IP config on four different computers in under five minutes? Yeah, we were doing something. Okay, cool. 
because you just made the neck on my hair back the hairs on the back of my neck just stand up seeing that many in that short of a time right you got to know your threat actors right and i'm also going to tell you anytime vss admin is being used is probably never a good thing especially when it says vss admin delete shadows do ladies and gentlemen if you are able to detect that and immediately isolate that device when that command is run that's one of the first commands that they do after they um do whatever you know they you know the who am i the host name stuff like that that's one of the of their ransomware payload that's one of them 99 percent of the time if you delete if you detect and be able to isolate based off of that rule itself you could potentially save yourself from an actual ransomware infection exfiltration has already happened by this time you know preventing possible exfiltration is looking for your task kill looking for these other items that are in here right um that's that that's what you want to stop before those are the early signs right uh, that the threat actor is potentially inside of your environment um so this is definitely stuff that you need to go through if you seriously if you ladies and gentlemen do not have the ability to detect this thing these things reach out this is what we do all the time right um but you got to you got to you got to be able to detect these things ladies and gentlemen you will be a much better place knowing that your stuff is getting auto isolated because of things like this helps CISOs and red, uh, blue teamers help them sleep at night honestly it really does anyway rant over Kanye buying Parler. Maybe not. We covered the social network Parler extensively in the wake of the January 6th Capitol riots. The app claims to be a free speech platform. It received blamed as a planning platform for the Capitol violence, which saw its app kicked off popular cloud hosting and app stores as a result. Most recently, Parler announced the formation of Parliament Technologies, which would see it pivoting to providing uncancelable cloud services. Now, Parler announced it's entered into an agreement with Kanye West to buy the platform in a deal expected to close later this year. Parliament will continue to provide ongoing technical support and cloud services powered by its recent Dynascale acquisition after the deal closes. This you know, I told you, ladies and gentlemen, I am not going to get political on this show. You know, I have other podcasts that I do, massive political and just complete rants and stuff. You know, whatever. Good for Kanye, I guess. Right? I, I guess. The only thing we really need to worry about, you know, if you personally use Parler or anything or um, what's that one that Donald Trump put together? Um, free speech. I don't freaking know. Um, I think it's called free speech. I'm so disconnected on a lot of social media. Um, the only ones I really stay on is LinkedIn and Twitter anymore. Like I don't even have Facebook. Right. So, um, you know, if you're on there, just. Keep an eye on your security. You're you're making sure your you know your stuff is secure and safe. You know, um, you know, even with Elon Musk coming in to Twitter, is that going to be a better or worse solution for you on cybersecurity stance? Right. 
Same thing with Kanye West coming into Parlor. Is it going to be? Oh yeah, DK True Social. That's right. Um, the the um, I wonder if that's the same DK I know. But anyway, um, you know uh, Donald Trump did does True Social. But anyway, if you're on True Social, you're on Parlor or whatever, or you're on Twitter. Is your secure? Is your data secure on that platform? And what exactly are you putting on that platform? You know. Now here here's one thing that. You know, I always recommend never post out there that, you know, you're taking their selfies at, at, on, you know, skiing from a mountain, you know, hitting, the, hitting the Alps today. You know, I mean, things like that is just not good. Right. Tells criminals that, that in your neighborhood that you're not home, you're able to be robbed. I mean, just just be safe online. Right. I mean, these are post your vacation pictures a week or two after you're gone or after you're back. Right. It's like, oh, these are some old vacation pictures and, you know, I'm posting it up from our trip type of thing. Don't ever broadcast that kind of stuff. But, you know, that's me with a little bit of tinfoil hat a little on too tight as well. But that's kind of the world that I personally live in. And I think that was it for these guys this week on the CISO series podcast. Yep. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that was beneficial. Hopefully we didn't go too, too crazy on things for you today. Um Again, thank you to Dr. Gerald Ozier for letting me fill in. I do believe I have one more guest spot um, toward the end of this week that uh, we will be ironing out. We'll keep that one, you know, a mum's word, if you will. But uh, we definitely wanted to try to keep this thing under 45 minutes for DJ Bisek, which I did butcher his name last week, which I am highly known for doing all the time because hooked on phonics never worked for me. With that, get up, move around, ladies and gentlemen, go outside. You know, they, did you know that he, most of us are in the U.S., but, you know, down south in like Australia, things of that nature, they're getting ready to go into summer. So either you're in the fall or you're in the spring below the equator. It's a good time to go outside. We'll go walk the dogs. And as we noticed in Discord, somebody may have got a, um, a job lead just by meeting a neighbor by going out and walking their dog. So you just never know who's in your neighborhood. Till then, take care.